Hi, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Ask a Woman, a brand new podcast where we are turning to women in leadership for thoughts, ideas, uh, and opinions about the issues that matter most to our communities. Uh, my name is Lauren Frost, and I am a feminist content creator and, as of now, a podcast host. And I'm very excited for our first episode to welcome Krista Payne to the podcast lounge. Hi, glad to be here. Yeah, we're really glad to have you. Uh, so we're recording this on November 3rd, which is sort of, you know, we're coming into winter, we're end of spooky season. Did you do anything fun for Halloween, Krista? Trick-or-treating in Ontario when the snow. Oh, that's so. delightful. <laughs> yeah. It was cold. And I thought we had it bad here. Yeah. It gets cold. Yeah. I don't know why Halloween's in October. Yeah. yeah. It'd be better in the summer, probably. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's fitting, actually, that we are coming into spooky season in the week of Halloween, because we're talking about something that is quite spooky um, around BC, and that is housing affordability. Uh, and Krista, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and why this might be a really good topic for you to come speak about? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, Krista Payne. I'm the president of Ian Payne Construction in Kelowna. Um, I'm the current president of the Canadian Home Builders Association Central Okanagan. Uh, I came into that role about two, three months ago. Um, I'm also a registered interior designer, um, a red seal carpenter as well, as well as being on the board of directors for the Interior Designers Institute of BC and part of many other committees and councils and groups and stuff throughout the uh, industry. Awesome. So you're very well versed in mm -hmm. the topic of home building, mm -hmm. uh, very tuned into the topic of housing affordability, Correct. for sure. Yes. Um, for those who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the Canadian Home Builders Association, Central Okanagan, uh, and what their sort of role in all of this is. Yeah, so the Canadian Home Builders Association uh, is the voice of the residential industry. Uh, specifically, the Central Okanagan is the one that I'm the president of currently. Um, we represent and advocate on behalf of all of our members um, at all levels of the government so that we can make sure we're a good voice for the residential uh, industry in the Okanagan. Uh, we provide education for builders and make sure that people become qualified and certified in the industry. Uh, we work to address important issues in our industry, such as housing supply, affordability, mm -hmm. uh, energy efficiency, and increasing trade capacity. Yeah, lots of stuff. Yes. Big job lots you have of stuff. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm going to go into, as part of this episode, a little, like, really brief history of uh, housing policy in Canada and sort of how we got to where we are today in the central Okanagan, in BC, and in Canada in general. Uh, but I'm wondering if you can talk first a little bit about some of what you and or the CHBA see as some of the underlying causes of unaffordable housing in the Okanagan specifically. We always hear, you know, is it the sunshine tax? Everyone wants to live here, so it's expensive. Is it all those people selling their homes in Vancouver and moving here where it's cheaper uh, to buy real estate? Like, what are some of those causes that you tend to think about a lot? Yeah, absolutely. All of the above, honestly. Uh, you know, it's no secret that the Okanagan is a beautiful place to live. So a lot of people definitely want to move here. It's not just from the lower mainland. Uh, a lot of um, international um, new clients come in and a lot of people from Alberta and a lot of people from around BC are just wanting to move to the Okanagan. So obviously it's becoming a, a you know, a place that a lot of people want to move. Um, and with that, there's a lot of things that come with that, obviously. Costs associated with just the, the demand of how many houses want to be built, need to be built um, and renovated in the current situation we're in. Um, the National Building Code continues to be updated. That is something that definitely causes a lot of cost increases. Um, it's my position that the National Building Code continues to be revised to 
you know, save lives and make the homes that we live in a lot safer, which mm-hmm. uh, I, I fully support. But with that comes cost. So it's it's accommodating those costs associated with that. And as the building codes change, you know, new requirements have to be met. Um, and it's just a little bit of a learning curve for a lot of the builders out there right now. So that sometimes comes at a cost. Um, and ultimately having enough people. So really, like, we don't have a lot of um, enough people entering the trades. So, you know, that definitely is starting to add to the cost when you're not having a big enough team to, you know, build these houses or renovate these houses. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a complex issue. Yes. There's so many different angles you can look to for both, like, to blame as part of the problem, but mm-hmm. also to find solutions. Correct. And I don't yeah. think any one of them is the only right way. I no, think we absolutely need a really yeah. broad approach mm-hmm. because... You know, it took decades to get us here, as I'll go into, so it's not going to happen overnight that we get ourselves out of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Mm -hmm. But I appreciate your thoughts on some of those uh, causes, because I think people have, you know, you just hear a lot of things in the media, um, and it's hard to know exactly what is the cause, and that's probably because there isn't just one. No, correct. Yeah, Yeah. there isn't one. (laughs) For sure. That would be nice, though. Yeah. It would make it easier to fix. It would be, yeah. Uh, So I'm going to go into, like I said, a really high-level overview of the housing crisis Mm -hmm. in Canada. Uh, I'm not starting way, way back when, because that would be here, we'd be here for a long time. Um, But I think it's important to sort of understand all of the history behind this, because I was born in the 90s, it feels to me like it's always been like this, Mm -hmm. but that's not the case. There was decisions made, there was some uh, different world events that contributed, so I would like to chat a little bit about that for the audience's benefit, and for my own as well, and maybe for yours as well. I don't know how much of this you know in detail, so... Um, So it is a complex history, uh, but we're going to start around the mid-20th century. So in response to the need for affordable housing uh, that were kind of brought on by the Great Depression, brought on by World War II, uh, policies in Canada start to be put in place to incentivize homeownership. And this is something uh, that's a little bit new, like before people would rent a lot more. uh, And now we're starting to see a real push to get Canadians into the real estate market. Uh, And this includes the National Housing Act. And essentially, all of this culminates over the course of a decade. The federal government creates policies to improve the lives of three different groups. And this is a report I read. It's of, I think it's from the 90s. I can't remember. I'll put it in the description so people can read it. Um, The three different groups they broke it into. One, those who could afford to build their own homes without assistance. Two, those who could pay market rent or given some financial assistance eventually own their homes. Uh, and the third one is those who cannot afford to pay the rents for satisfactory housing. And those are the people who are living in overcrowded situations. They're just not living a good life uh, in terms of housing. So in response to this, the government puts uh, lots of emphasis on a couple of things. One is the construction of public housing and purpose-based rentals. So that's the idea to help the lower third who can't own their home right now, just to get them into something that's a little bit better, right? Makes sense. Uh, and then there's homeownership assistance programs and incentives that are helping the other two groups, the people who can and want to own their homes. And so this really changes the scene for Canadians, and we start to see lots of rentals being built uh, until the 1980s and 90s. Uh, programs that were put in place for purpose-built rentals and public housing are drying up. Uh, so we're not really seeing that it's desirable for developers to invest mm-hmm. in that kind of development anymore which makes sense. If it's mm-hmm. not incentivized, they're probably going to opt for developments that are profitable to them. And mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense. In a report I found, City of North Vancouver, this is really interesting to me. 
Over 2,000 rental units were constructed before 1980, and then between 1980 and the 2010s, uh, there was zero. Wow. Yeah, no rentals were being built in the city of North Vancouver, which is very fascinating. 2000s hit, and we start seeing that wave of international buyers, uh, which starts to drive costs up and make housing even more unaffordable, especially in BC, but all across Canada, really. And that's sort of how we got to where we are. So we're in a position where many people, including myself, in BC are renting. We'd love to own one day, but it's very unattainable at the time, especially if we live in an urban center. But even like in my hometown, which is very small, it's about 3,000 people, housing prices have still gone up to the point where people my age can't even really afford to buy there. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really disappointing for lots of Canadians, for sure, Um, especially when we come from a place where past generations were benefiting from these policies of uh, incentivized home ownership. Uh, mm-hmm. We think we all have like a grandparent who's like, yeah, I bought my house in cash. <laughs> yeah. like, I have a grandparent like that. Yeah. It was like a year's salary worth. I'm like, oh, wow, that's that must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's hard to sort of cope with not being able to maybe access those same incentives. So all that, given that complex history, mm-hmm. like we talked about, there's so many different approaches to sort of undoing some of those uh, issues and really getting us back to the place where renting and owning both are affordable and Mm -hmm. that Canadians and British Columbians and people in the Okanagan can have a decent roof over their head Mm -hmm. and not be paying so much of their income towards rent that they can't get ahead in other places uh, of their life. So what role then do you think home builders, because I know that's your area, Mm -hmm. um, what role do the home builders play in tackling the housing crisis? And I'm curious about some of the solutions that the CHBACO uh, are advocating for? Yeah, it's a great question. Again, we kind of touched a little bit on it before that I wish there was just one simple solution for all of that, but uh, it really takes a whole team to solve this problem. Um, the home builders alone uh, definitely kind of are the umbrella, if you, if you will, where they're building the houses. But in order to build the houses, there are a lot that, there's a lot that come into that, obviously, zoning of property, uh, you know, approval of permits in a reasonable time frame so that people aren't um, paying too much interest waiting for the house to be mm-hmm. built. Um, uh, people, trades, all those types of, uh, you know, skilled labor. We're in desperate need of more more people. Um, and all that stuff is going to help the builders successfully build these projects and work towards more um, uh, or away from unaffordability, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then for CHBA, uh we're, we're, you know, advocating on a lot of uh, processes to make housing cheaper in, in ways that more and more people can afford it. Um, there are some solutions that we've come up with the municipalities to discuss some options, like whether we reduce setbacks, whether we look into uh, reduction in parking minimums, um, increasing density allowances in urban areas, uh, reducing fees associated with applying for your permits or, or developing your lots is a huge cost associated mm-hmm. with those um, options. Um, and we're, we're pretty happy to hear that uh, the provincial government has just rezoned all the properties. Single family dwellings can have four to six dwellings on them. Mm-hmm. So that makes a big difference when you're looking at, you know, a single family dwellings, you know, average, let's just say $300,000. But now you can split that amongst four dwellings. That makes mm-hmm. that cost a lot more affordable for people to get into the market uh, and work their way kind of through that mid- middle housing um, to work their way up to where they want to be. Right. So that's mm-hmm. talking about sort of like 
duplexes uh, or like cot- uh, carriage homes, like all of yeah, missile mid- things? Yeah, missile mid- uh, sorry, missing middle housing uh, is basically between your single family dwelling and your condos. So it's kind okay. of those, all those in between. So, you know, townhouses, you know, fourplexes, uh, the infills that are happening in the Okanagan, um, all that kind of stuff makes a huge difference for people who can work their way through the, the, um, through the market. Uh, so they don't just have to go from a condo to a single family dwelling. It's a huge, mm-hmm. that's a huge leap for a lot of people financially. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. So is that sort of, uh, the change there is helping, uh, like develop more of that middle ground housing. So that's not so much the big condominiums, but that's mm-hmm. more like, okay, so I have a, a lot and I want to build a house, but I want it to have multiple suites instead of just a basement suite. Is that Correct. sort of putting the power a little bit back in individual homeowners absolutely. and builders? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So homeowners can definitely go through that path. Developers could develop a property with four to six dwellings on it, depending on mm-hmm. uh, the area. Um, and it just makes a big difference when people can move into those, have be, you know, be homeowners and make their yeah. way, you know, to the the end result that they're looking for, whether that's a single family dwelling or a, a condo or, or, you know, in an area of town that they want or a townhouse across the street from their school. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So mm-hmm. options. O- I think options are a huge yeah. part of the mm-hmm. solution. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So I was reading the press release that announced mm-hmm. your presidency, uh, which is very exciting. And it mentioned that a recently released housing needs assessment in Kelowna called for doubling new home construction mm-hmm. in the next eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think we need to accomplish such a massive undertaking? That sounds like a lot yeah. of housing that needs <laughs> to is. be built. Yeah, it's, uh, it is. And on a, you know, just to kind of repeat myself a little bit, everyone has to work together as a team. I think we just really have to come together. Again, there's not just one solution to make housing more affordable or you know, make it faster or you know, all that kind of stuff. There's, there's a lot that goes into it. And Um, Working together, understanding that everyone kind of comes to the table with value is a huge, uh, is a huge understanding. Just, you know, the building codes change. Some people are upset about that, but understanding it's getting us to the place where we we really should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And then energy efficiency is making a huge impact in our, in our industry at the moment. Um, Working towards, you know, in, in potentially less than a decade, every new home that's being built is completely fully energy efficient. It's called net, you know, um, step five is what it's referred to, but basically it won't cost you any utility bills Mm. so that new homeowners that are buying those homes or building those homes, um, don't have utility bills at the end of every month. And it's, it's kind of nice to be able to think of that for the future. Mm -hmm. Um, and then again, like, you know, all the trades coming in, getting more people in the industry are going to make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think it's possible? (laughs) <laughs> sorry that's a, that's like, a freestyle question. that question yeah. <laughs> um I hope so I think the fact that there's going to be more options for more people will make a big difference I think that yeah. um people are moving from they as mentioned before Kelowna is just such an amazing place to live that so many people want to move here and that obviously is driving costs up so you know providing you know those townhouse complex or duplexes or you know, infill houses and condos and single family dwellings and development, so many options for people, hopefully kind of spreads out the, you know, the money, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) And people have more options. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure. I should have asked you if you hope it's possible. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I hope it's possible. Yeah. I I have a child too, and I've got nieces and nephews and I definitely am hoping that we go down that route where it's, it is, it becomes attainable for a lot of people in one way or another. Yeah, well, it's hard sometimes to think on the long term when there's so much pressure in our mm-hmm. short-term lives. Yeah. 
um, like obviously I'm like, well, I would love to own a home now, but yeah. there's so many things that have to go on, I think, to help the community as a whole. And I think if we all maybe exercise a little patience mm -hmm. with each other, mm -hmm. um, with different groups of people, uh, and with the community, I think we can accomplish good things without yeah. having to have, you know, infighting and yeah. conflicting interests. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. 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 So like many social issues, which I think housing affordability is in one way or another, um, it does inherently impact women and other marginalized communities. Mm -hmm. um, it, it tends to impact them both differently and in a lot of ways more severely. So why do you think it's important to have diverse voices represented uh, on the CHBACO and any other relevant organizations or agencies? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's very, very valuable to have people of all different, um, you know, backgrounds and all different types kind of join together and make decisions. Um, I'm part of the Women in Construction in the Okanagan, and we are a fantastic group of women, like the ones on our committee. Uh, you know, there's 10 or 11 of us that all come completely come from completely diverse options, but also kind of the same, like also kind of, you know, found our true kind of calling in construction and yeah. just love it. And it's, um, you know, we're working hard towards getting more and more women to understand the, you know, their value in this industry as well, but also mm -hmm. the fact that there is a fantastic career choice here for obviously everybody, but women as well in this industry. Um, but yeah, and then on the CHBACO front, we have, uh, I think, one more female than male right now on the board of directors. Mm -hmm. uh, we had our first female president, Cassidy Devere, about four, two presidencies ago. Mm -hmm. um, then I'm the, the two later is me, and then we've got our second VP as a female again. So we're working towards keeping that equality and, and pushing towards making sure everyone feels welcome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. It's good to hear that uh, there's a shift in so many industries where maybe women were typically in decades past sort of pushed out or not even far enough away, like not even allowed mm -hmm. to be a part yeah. of. It's great to see that so many industries are shifting yeah. almost the other way or at least to, to parity and having equal number. Uh, yeah, of, absolutely. Of and it's it's come a long ways. When I first started in the industry uh, in the Okanagan uh, about 10 years ago, working for my dad, this construction company, it was it didn't seem like it is now. Like mm -hmm. It has changed so much in the industry now. I, I meet more and more female builders um, and more often, the you know, I'd say probably over the last three to five years, it's gotten to the point where the clients don't even question it. They're just, yep, this is my mm -hmm. builder, and it's not a, it's not weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. And yeah. I imagine too, because you keep mentioning the importance of getting more people into trades mm -hmm. to feel to fill the demand mm -hmm. for new buildings. Um, if you're not actively encouraging 50% of the population to join, I feel like that's probably counterproductive. Yeah, I would agree. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah we're working really hard on getting more people in. We've, uh, the Women in Construction has raised a whole bunch of money in this past year. We're giving out bursaries to not only high school students, but what we're kind of referring to is those women that are changing careers, whether they're, um, you know, they have a career already and now they're thinking, you know what, I'd be really good at running my construction company or a plumbing company or, or becoming an electrician. I've always been interested in that. And so we've got that bursary for those, those females as well. And it's just, it's, it's, almost everyone on the women in construction committee didn't start this right out of high school. And that's a fantastic story for, for uh, the way a lot of people got into this industry, but mm -hmm. we also need people right out of high school. <laughs> we need people now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I believe that's all that I had to talk about okay. today. Uh, okay. I really enjoyed having you on this episode. I think that me. it was really great and enlightening to hear 
some solutions rather than just talking about the problems. I know I'm really interested uh, in asking people who know what they're talking about better than I do about what's going on. Um, and that's really the vision behind this podcast is to ask women about it because women have so much to contribute uh, in all areas of expertise. So I'm really grateful that you came along this journey. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything that you want to direct people's attention to anything to, to plug or uh, ask our listeners to do? Yeah, if you reach out, contact the CHBACO website. There's a lot of opportunities through there. We're going to have a women in construction kind of contact through there. Um, And really just there's a bunch of events that are on that website that people can come and just join in and meet people. Um, The CHBABC, the Provincial Association, is working towards creating a mentorship program, which I think is going to just take off. Um, So anybody out there listening who wants to become a mentor or is very interested in finding a mentor, please reach out. Um, and just understanding that this industry has so many opportunities. It is not just that, you know, that person you see on the side of the road doing construction. There are probably 300 different opportunities that you can join in. So, yeah. Yeah. And you and I and other women in the community uh, have talked about that before. Like, I think people don't understand the full breadth of trades. So um, definitely check out some of those resources that Krista uh, mentioned. Uh, Even if you're just thinking about construction as a career and you're not there yet, I'm sure there's something for you and somebody who would love to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Krista. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, If you like this episode, please uh, subscribe to the Kelowna Now YouTube channel. Uh, Share the episode with your friends. It would mean a lot to us to get this uh, wonderful little podcast out to more of the community. So thank you so much.